Welcome, this is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 11 of the Circa 71 podcast for the week of June 23rd, 2020. Coming up on today's show, Disney announces the Disney Park Pass system. Another round of thumbs up, thumbs down, and a beginning look at some overrated attractions at the Magic Kingdom. This is the Circa 71 podcast. Special shout out to new listener Skylar. Skylar is a cast member friend of ours who has had several critical roles in preparation for the reopening of Walt Disney World. Number one, Skylar was actually the coordinator for laying down all stand here markings at Disney Springs. Number two, Skylar came up with the idea to prop the trash can openings so guests did not have to touch said trash cans. Great work, Skylar. Number three, Skylar repeated her trash can idea at Epcot for the upcoming Food, Wine, and Garden Festival. Finally, most importantly, number four. Every day during the closure, Skylar went into the Carousel of Progress to peek in on Uncle Orville in the bathtub, ensuring that even during a pandemic, there was still no privacy at all around here. True story, Donna. You know, Jamie, I also heard that she was in charge of bringing him toilet paper. Is that true? Well, she doesn't like that to be published, but, you know. All right, Donna, a bunch, actually, of housekeeping notes um, today. Number one, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party um, has been completely canceled uh, for the fall. Um, This was announced uh, this past Thursday, I want to say, the um, 18th. Um, Disney will be refunding anybody who did make those um, purchases, but unfortunately, with social distancing and everything that they need to do for the parks, just not going to happen. Um, with this, we always get a lot of questions from clients um, You know that also involve Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Um, an official decision has not uh, been made about that. And also along with that is the Epcot International Festival of the Holidays. Um, we're not 100% sure yet if or what that will um, actually look like. So not so scary canceled and uh, Festival of the Holidays and Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party all to be determined. I know that we try to keep this housekeeping stuff short, and I promised you before we started talking that I wouldn't run my mouth too much here, but there's just a couple things I have to say. I promise I'll try to be quick. The cancellation of the Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, I expected it. I don't know how Disney could have offered this when, you know, they're not offering fireworks other nights. They're not offering parades, you know, during the day. It would have been really, really difficult. Even the, the act of handing candy from a cast member to a, a theme park guest. I mean, I thought about that, you know, just thinking about Halloween in general. Or is trick-or-treating going to happen this year? What is it going to look like this year if it happens? So that was my, my thought for um, Not So Scary. Right, Jim? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I also think it, it's yet another example of Disney looking out for the guests more so than the bottom line um, financial numbers. Because sure. they easily could have sold those tickets um, and kept kept the money and because they're very, very profitable um, and very popular and offered a, you know, D minus potential experience through no fault of their own. Um, but, you know, I, I actually think Disney should be commended for that. And it's definitely the right call. 
So that, that did not surprise me. It also will not surprise me if an announcement is made that the same fate will befall Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Festival of the Holidays encompasses quite a bit more. I, I would almost see, and this is just me off the cusp. This is not any information I've read or anything like that. But I would almost see them doing sort of modified Festival of the Holidays. Maybe still some of the culture experience, cultural experiences. Maybe still some of the, the food booths, things like that. But I just can't see them doing my favorite holiday tradition. Sessional. I can't see them gathering that type of crowd. I can't see them bringing in high school choirs to sing. I can't see them with the 50-piece orchestra on stage bringing in celebrity narrators. I just don't see that happening. And it is just heartbreaking on a personal level. Yeah, no, I agree. So that's certainly not happy, nor is our second little <laughs> housekeeping piece here. Sorry, everybody. Jamie and Donnie here to bring you great news. Uh, piece number two here is the cancellation of the H2O Glow events. So these are um, summer post-operating um, hour ticketed events similar to the party events at the Magic Kingdom. And this would be over at Typhoon Lagoon Water Park. So this allows guests to buy that ticket, get into the theme parks after hours. It's a, a fun nighttime event in the dark. I was able to do a Disney Vacation Club event uh, post-operating hours last summer. It was really, and it was quite fun, but I've not done H2O Glow. Jamie, I know you have. Yeah, um, I think it's a pretty cool event. Um, being in Typhoon Lagoon at night um, is a whole different, you know, just kind of experience. Um, they, they loosely kind of theme it to Partysaurus Rex, which was like a um, Toy Story short, if you will. Um, and they have the dance party and, you know, everything's glowing and they have different um, inflatables and in like the Lazy River and things like that. Um, but I, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty cool um, event, uh, definitely different um, from the day, just having that night nighttime um, experience at Typhoon Lagoon. Um, so no opening dates yet for Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach um, in general. So that's also important, although we have heard um, some cast members have been recalled um, that do work at the water parks. So hopefully they'll open um, you know, relatively soon and we'll have that information for everybody. Yeah, I mean, certainly, again, this does not fall under anything that's earth shattering news to, to us. Um, you know, how could they offer these events when the theme parks themselves weren't even open? So um, not a huge surprise there. Right. No, I agree. Uh, what was, I thought, a big, uh, relatively big surprise um, with this kind of news uh, bonanza that we got was the Epcot uh, flower and wine. <laughs> Actually, that's what we should call it. Uh, food and wine. That's what you um, get for using a F and, F and W and F I and G. Know. I know. Um, uh, so anyways, the Food and Wine Festival will actually begin July 15th with the opening of Epcot. Um, and it's going to sort of be a combination. That's why in our intro we said the uh, Food, Wine, and Flower Festival or uh, Garden or whatever we chose. But um, there's going to be merch that they didn't get to sell and topiaries that um, I know that they're going to have the Remy topiary outside of the France pavilion for Remy's Ratatouille adventure. Um, cool idea. I, I was surprised. Um, I can't say uh, I see anything wrong with it. I think it, you know, it needed kind of an Epcot, especially with the sea of construction walls that will most likely still be up. 
Um, so I thought that was a pretty, uh, pretty cool idea, unexpected. Um, and they did also mention, um, Donna, that um, food and wine this year would go into the fall. And I believe that official end date uh, for the um, fall is like December 21st. So it may be <laughs> a very extended uh, food and wine festival this year. I'm definitely surprised when I saw that announcement come out. I just, I was shocked. I think it's, gosh, gutsy of them to come right out and say, hey, we're doing this. The only thing that I will say, just playing devil's advocate, is that I feel as though having this festival, having all those booths around World Showcase is just a little bit, for me, too much of an invitation to people that, hey, you don't have to have your mask on because you're eating or you're drinking. That's always been the caveat, at least at Disney Springs, if you're eating, well, obviously anywhere, you're not eating and drinking through a mask. But my point would be that around walking around Disney Springs, people would walk around with a drink and nurse a drink for however long they were walking around Disney Springs and say, hey, I'm drinking something if they were asked or, or whatever. That's the idea behind these booths, the small portions, the small plates, hey, get something here, get something here. Oftentimes, you know, pre-COVID-19, you would see someone or be that person yourself in a line at one of those food booths, eating something from the booth before. So that's right. kind of the only, again, just playing devil's advocate piece. That was the only piece that my husband right away said, Ooh, ouch, really? They're going to have the booths available and encourage, you know, you to eat and drink constantly around that area. Where's everyone's mask going to be? Right. No, it's definitely something to, uh, you know, take a look at, but um, I believe you have our fourth and final housekeeping story. I sure do. So again, not to be the Debbie Banners of the world, Jamie got to give you the good one. Uh, but starting January 1, 2021, the complimentary magic bands that were included with um, your stay on property at the Walt Disney World Resort are going to be discontinued. That's not to say that the Magic Band product will not still be available. We presume it will be. There's not been any announcement of, hey, we're canceling this product. We're not using this anymore. But it seems um, likely that they're going to be getting more folks to use the app and the, the features on the app to unlock the room door and things of that nature. Yeah, th this was actually a pretty common uh, misconception that I read a lot on on social media and, and uh, posts and things like that. They are not uh, discontinuing the Magic Band program. Um, you will still be able to uh, purchase um, a discounted Magic Band, you know, the specialty bands that you can customize in My Disney Experience. The only thing that's going away is the complimentary um, ones that were, you know, everybody has 75 of at this point, the orange, red, yellow, eight different colors or whatever. Um, and they will be moving more functionality to uh, My Disney Experience as well. They've already had the digital key, um, but I think what's going to happen is you'll be able possibly to use um, the app for assuming FastPass Plus reservations come back, um, you know, dining and assuming dining plans come back at some point, um, which I would bet the house will. But a lot more functionality will be baked into um, the My Disney Experience app. Um, a lot of people thought it also may be the um, <laughs> rubbing of the lamp and getting Disney Genie out, um, which was going to be sort of a new app um, that was uh, announced at D23. I don't think that's what's coming, um, but uh, a lot of this you know, discussion did stem from the complimentary Magic Bands. I just think it's a cost-saving measure. 
um, you know, for Disney to not have to, um, you know, do that anymore with the kind of the financial situation they're in with um, the parks being closed for so long. So uh, Magic Band's definitely not going away. I'll still have my uh, rash on my wrist, which evidently <laughs> I'm not the only person I found out today that gets that thing. But go ahead, Donna. So I will say two things really quickly. First of all, one of the upgraded, we'll call it enhancements to the app, is the ability to check in now for your advanced dining reservation. So once we're able to make them, uh, Disney has just added a really nice little feature uh, in the app where they're going to let folks check in instead of having to walk up to a cast member, wait in a line, hey, I'm here, hey, I'm checking in. You can essentially, the way that it was with mobile order, boom, I'm here. The way it's been explained to us, boom, I'm here, I'm waiting for my six o'clock reservation. It's 545. Exactly. So that that was number one. Number two, you know I caused the the cancellation of free magic bands, right? Yes, actually I do. <laughs> Go ahead, Jamie. Why don't you tell our, our listeners what I'm talking about? Donna actually has so many uh, magic bands, which we should actually post this on the on the Facebook page as well. <laughs> um, Donna got a little artsy um, and has a Mickey Mouse uh, made out of uh, wire, but uh, almost covered uh, the Mickey Mouse ears and head with um, magic bands. So I guess you're going to have to be uh, ponying up a little cash though and get those uh, specialty bands now. I can't tell you how sad I am. I calculated, I planned, I measured. We were going to have it done the end of this year with all of our own property stays that of course have been kaput. And uh, you know, there's that. Well, maybe you could say, you know, Mickey had his you know ear bitten off by Pluto or something. Like we'll call that, that COVID-19 ear. Nice. So, all right, Donna. Well, that all sounds good. Let's take a uh, quick break and we will dive into the Disney Park Pass system. And we are back. So, Donna, other than the dates for when Disney Parks were going to reopen, specifically here talking about Walt Disney World, as we usually do, um, but other than when the parks were going to reopen, I think the biggest piece of information that people wanted to know is how they were going to handle the park reservation system. So late le- yesterday, as we record this on Saturday night, so late Friday afternoon, we got our answers. Um, and I think the stories broke a little bit in the morning too, but more of the information came in throughout the day. Um, so beginning this Monday, June 22nd, in addition to being my anniversary, of course, will be the Disney Park Pass system. And you love that name. I can see it in your face when you're saying it. When I typed up our show notes, Donna, I didn't get to tell you this off air. Um, I actually misnamed it and called it like the, what did I say? The Disney Park System Pass. I just (laughs) totally transposed the words. I'm like, even that sounds worse than what Disney came up with. I, I really want to stick with my APRs and call them a, uh, advanced park reservations because that's really what they are. <laughs> but um, anyway, so beginning June 22nd, this coming Monday, um, Disney Resort and other select hotel guests with valid theme park admission will be able to make reservations up to 14 days in total. And the big question is how far in advance? A lot of people are thinking, is Disney doing this in waves, et cetera, et cetera. If you have a resort reservation and valid tickets, 
through September 26, 2021, you will be able to make your park pass reservation this coming Monday, June 22nd. And let's just clarify, Jamie did not misspeak, as I always do when I'm talking about dates and years. It is, in fact, 2021 that we are discussing at this point from now through that date in September 2021. Yeah, and I know a lot of people may think, well, how can somebody have a reservation in 2021 already? Um, We're going to talk about 2021 packages in just a minute, but it is possible, especially for um, uh, UK um, guests. They get to book a lot further in advance than United States guests and packages. Um, Also, it is theoretically possible um, for somebody to have a ticket. Um, I have a few different types of tickets in my My Disney Experience account. Um, uh, One is a not yet activated annual pass, and the other is like a two-day hopper or something from a free dining promotion. so if I had a resort reservation for, you know, next September, I could book those park days. Um, so a lot of people got kind of confused about that. How could somebody have um, be able to book so far in advance? It was a little surprising, but once I think we kind of understood why um, somebody might be able to book that far out, um, it made a little bit more sense. I agree. I was absolutely floored when this came out early in the day with very little details. Jamie and I actually had the opportunity to attend a webinar for authorized Disney vacation planners um, with Platinum Agencies uh, yesterday afternoon where we learned quite a bit more uh, information. There are still some pieces that we don't have answers to. Heck, I don't know if Disney has the answers to all of these pieces just yet, to be very, very, very frank. Um, But um, it is important for them to get these numbers down. It is important um, for us as as agents and as consumers to understand that there are very limited um, availability dates, especially when you talk about like the holiday season um, this year, even spring break next year. Um, you know, very limited availability will be out there. So it's important that we get on that and you know are at the computer 7 a.m. Monday morning to make that happen. And Disney actually made a little kind of side announcement that pending how all this goes later this summer, they may choose to open additional reservations for this year, which would be kind of cool. Right. And that also includes um, tickets, uh, they said later this summer as well. So a lot of kind of uh, ins and outs and a lot of information to um, digest. We're just trying to make it as kind of simple as, as possible here. Um, we did talk a little bit, obviously, about 2021. Um, in between June 22nd and our next uh, park pass system date is June 24th. Wednesday, 2021 packages will open, which is kind of funny because you really book something for the 2020 yet. Um, for the remainder, but you can, um, or will be able to, I should say, for uh, 2021. So Don and I, as we you know, always say, authorized Disney vacation planners, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we will be definitely having uh, a busy week next week. Well, and Jamie, I, th- I think, and we hadn't talked about this off air, but just saying it out loud, I, I don't see another way 
around this. I think that they are trying to get people to pull the trigger on Wednesday or Thursday with making that reservation. So that way those folks can get in and get their, their park reservations done before Friday, the uh, 26th, which is our next important date with those park reservations. Oh, you're right. It is the 26th. How about that? <laughs> I uh, I didn't realize it was a Friday. For some reason, I thought that it was all taking place this week. I got my calendar in front of me. And that's why I had to uh, relook. But anyways, Friday, June 26th, APs, annual pass holders, without a resort stay, will be able to make their advanced park reservations, which is just what I'm going to call them at this point. <laughs> um, and APs, without a resort stay, can make up to three days um, worth of uh, park passes. Did we mention the 14, Donna, for the resort guests? Or we did, did I skip over that. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I've only had a handful of guests in my nine years booking Disney vacations that have stayed 14 days. Yeah, well, it doesn't. I don't think it necessarily has to be consecutive, though. If people have, like APs have multiple reservations, they can have up to uh, 14 days total. Or at least that's what I hope, because <laughs> that's a personal situation for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, if you have a resort guest in your tickets, you can have up to 14 days um, of park reservations. Uh, but once again, the 26th, Friday, um, APs that do not have um, a resort stay will be able to make those reservations. You got it. Uh, and then the, the other huge announcement, in addition to this whole... APR, Advanced Park Reservation, as Jamie has, has uh, so nicely pointed, a situation is that all attractions are opening with standby only. Of course, we knew that the FastPass Plus system was not going to be in place, but the one attraction that has always required you to, you know, be at the park first thing in the morning, be ready to on, the, on their Wi-Fi, clicking into the app and getting your boarding pass is Rise of the Resistance. And Rise of the Resistance will not be using that virtual queue system. Yeah, I, I actually think this, because um, Universal's expanded a little bit their virtual queue system. I actually think in this first initial phase, it's a smart move by Disney. This is a a capacity play in my mind it is all of it, all about using available space if everybody's in a virtual queue or you know let's say uh 90% of the park you know is is people in virtual queues that are not actually in physical queues or on the attractions that's 90% of the total park capacity in the walkways or in shops in restaurants places that they can't necessarily have the best social distancing you know you look at a queue like a splash mountain they take that entire extended queue area um you know to the side of the the where you go up the stairs and the barn um that's a ton of space and a lot of people can fit um you know in those six foot um distances that they want um, way more people than if you had a virtual queue where people were way more direct. So I just think it's a, a spacing issue. And I think the no virtual queue actually may be a way that they could eventually ramp up um, attendance a little bit or uh, park capacity um, a little bit quicker, having people in queues as opposed to um, those virtual walkways. So I definitely think it's a good um, smart play on Disney's uh, mind. Um, and the last little date that we had 
was June 28th. Anybody that has existing tickets that do not have a um, resort stay can also make those um, advanced park reservations. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jamie. I totally skipped over that one. I guess in my head, I was thinking the APs are last. They're trying to stick it to us. But no, you're right. Anyone who has just a random ticket in their account, they're even worse than us. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the actual system, um, Don, I think it would be important for us to talk about that for a couple of minutes because we did get sort of the sneak peek, if you will. Um, I find it, found it very similar to the FastPass Plus system. Um, you're going into a calendar. It'll show you availability, which park is available, which park is already at capacity. You're picking a date. Um, the, the huge key thing is making sure that your My Disney Experience um, is set up, good to go, tickets linked, et cetera, et cetera. And the other piece, Jamie, and this actually comes into play going back to what we were talking about with Rise of the Resistance, is in addition to picking a date, you're also picking a time for that reservation. So it's not just that you're arriving at the park that day, there's going to be time blocks that you're arriving to. So if we were talking about, um, I'm getting a hard no, but I'm positive <laughs> that that was said yesterday. It was, but if you looked at the, um, the screenshot, the time is actually just the park hours. They, unless they didn't fill it in, I don't know, like, because I don't think it would be equitable if they had, um, you know, say, Donna, you can come in at nine, stay the entire day. Jamie, you can only come in at 12. So you are picking a time, but based on that, that webinar, it almost didn't matter. Like, nobody understood why it was actually there. Interesting. Okay, see, that's... See, and we were both at the same webinar. We were both, you know, in attendance during the same presentation. I took it to be that they were spreading out admissions so that not every single person was there at Park Open. I, I'm going to look it, look it up as, as we kind of go here. I thought that's what it would be. And I could be misunderstanding because we didn't, um, obviously, this system hasn't rolled out yet. Um, but as far as I know and remember from that webinar, I couldn't understand why they had um, that time posted. But go ahead, Don. I'll see if I can um, pull that uh, screenshot up to you and show you what it is that I'm talking about. So again, for, for our listeners here, Jamie and I, in addition to speaking to one another through Anchor, also have um, a video chat going. So that way we don't talk over each other as much as we otherwise probably would. And Jamie's head was about to fall off of his shoulders with how quickly he was shaking. He's like, no, 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 no. This is going to, I hope it doesn't impact my golf swing tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, goodness. And we are recording on Saturday night because tomorrow is Father's Day and Jamie's just going to be oh so tired from golfing and partying and just being pampered all day. So I will take this opportunity to say happy Father's Day to Jamie, to my husband, Andrew, to our dads, Jim and Joe, to all the wonderful dads and dads to be that are listening to us. And uh, hopefully I've yapped enough to let Jamie come in with a more solid answer. <laughs> um so, no, your timing was impeccable, as always, Don. As always. Um, it, it was a nice little, I love that you had the, the Father's Day opportunity to uh, kill some time, essentially. Did you see uh, what I posted in our uh, notes there? Select um, a time. Select park operating hours. That's bizarre, Jamie. 
Yeah. So I don't know, like a lot of people are assuming, and it, it they may just have shown us some outdated um, screenshots, but I'm not a hundred percent convinced that they're not going to allow, you know, uh, have people come in um, all at the same time. Like I said, it could be, work out to be differently. We do know you are allowed to leave and come back. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the screenshot um, that we had in our webinar only showed the park operating hours. So I have no idea why you need to select the time. Huh. All right. <laughs> Donna's mind is so blown. She has no idea what to say. <laughs> I am never speechless, but that just totally knocked me on my butt. Because I was, I was honestly hoping that it would be a you know select a time throughout the day type type situation for folks like us who are annual pass holders that I don't want to have to be there at nine o'clock in the morning if I'm planning to go after my work day at three thirty or four o'clock in the afternoon or after my son's nap or whatever the case may, might be. So I was looking for one of those afternoon times. Now, not to say that if we pick the nine to eight p.m. time quote time slot, I believe I could probably come in later. But I was actually looking forward to, um, you know, potentially having a, a reserved spot just for me. Yeah, I don't know why they have this if it's. You know, and if we think about it logically, you have 20, and this is a number we're pulling out of thin air, but not thin air, but actually have some sort of understanding that it could be reasonable. Non-confirmed from Disney. Yeah. 20, let's say 20,000 slots for the Magic Kingdom. I don't know where I was going with that, but you could have 20,000 <laughs> people um, coming in at the same time like it's it's just weird but, that, and that's why i yeah. thought there would be different times you know like sorry the eight o'clock time is is gone because then it does kind of go back to like you know a rope drop situation if everyone's slamming the park to run to their favorite attractions how is that helping right no i i agree it'll be interesting to see how that specifically is on monday but then you know if like i said earlier how are you if we know you can arrive whenever, we know you can go uh, and come back. Mm -hmm. How does the 20,000 people, there's no way that it would be equitable if, okay, Donna, you can come in at nine. I can't come in till one. Park still closes at six and we're paying the same amount of money. Yeah. I will say that uh, one of our listeners, Amy, shared with me that the Pittsburgh Zoo, where she's a member, just reopened recently. They asked folks to wear a mask. It wasn't or face coverings. And that's the other thing. Disney's calling them face coverings. They're not masks because masks mean medical. So if Disney requires the face covering, the Pittsburgh Zoo was not. And she went with her little guy. And uh, Amy reported to me that she felt as though getting in was very, very tight. There were a lot of people there at a park opening. They also needed a reservation to come. Um, but she said once they were in, she felt like it was very, very open. Unfortunately, she also said most folks are not wearing masks. So at Disney, at least once you're in, you know, everyone should theoretically have a mask on. But I could see it being that bad or worse if that many people are descending upon the park at park opening. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and that's actually a, a good question as far as when and and where would you start to be required um to have a mask i mean in my opinion if you're at a disney resort 
Um, and we, if you're in the pool, you don't have to wear a mask. We know that. Um, but supposedly, if you're going to be poolside, you should be masked. So I'm, and I'm thinking pretty much as soon as you're outside your door um, and in sort of public, and I know it's private property, but you get what I'm saying, public areas, not your own personal room, you probably are going to be required to be masked at that point. Well, as of 12.01 a.m. this morning, Saturday morning here in Orange County, they just mandated masks. So Osceola County, which is interestingly enough where part of Disney property uh, sits, the rest is here in Orange County, um, has had that mandate. But Orange County has just added that in there. So, again, I know it's private property, but, you know, if the county is requiring it, that kind of lends even more so to the fact that, you know, this this is the thing. This is how we keep people safe. So that is the the big news for sure of, of the day, the week, you know, next week. I'm sure next week's show is going to be all about how this ended up shaking down on Monday um, Friday and kind of how things looked and hopefully, you know, bookings for 2021 and things of that nature. But that's what we have for now. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with you soon. Hi, everybody. Donna and I are both authorized Disney vacation planners. When planning your next Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or Adventures by Disney Vacation, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We have a wealth of experience and knowledge to help plan your next magical vacation. Best of all, our services are at no cost to you. Please reach out to us at Donna, D-O-N-N-A, at Pixie, P-I-X-I-E, vacations.com, or Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at pixievacations.com. We would be happy to help plan your next magical vacation. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Thank you, Anthony. And we are back with our thumbs up, thumbs down segment. Five new topics um, for discussion. I am going to share um, an attraction, uh, either a hotel, food, something from the world of Walt Disney World. And Donna will give a thumbs up, thumbs down, immediate reaction. And then, of course, I will tell her whether or not she was right or she was wrong. I can't wait. <laughs> All set. You, you have a grin on your face right now, sir. So <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, I, I, well, you have to, I wrote these, um, when did I write these? June 14th, a couple of uh, weeks ago, I guess. And I was, um, you know, so I haven't seen them in a while. So I'm excited. All right, Feel a little one. snarky when you wrote them? <laughs> Maybe. I don't think they're that bad, though. Okay, number one. Happily ever after. I guess that means thumbs down. (laughs) Okay, well, here's the thing. Comparing that to wishes, thumbs down. In general, I mean, it's an amazing fireworks show, so thumbs up. But when you compare it to wishes, kind of like we were talking about, you know, in other episodes, comparing um, Mickey and Minnie's um, Runaway Railway attraction versus great movie ride of course i'm going to say i like great movie ride better there's nothing wrong with a new one great movie ride was better so that's what i'm going to say about happily ever after there's nothing wrong with it just isn't nearly as good as wishes so you're cheating on number one i am not cheating it is a when you compare it to wishes okay the the asterisk uh (laughs) the correct answer is thumbs up this show's awesome (laughs) Um, I don't know what Don is talking about. And I will fully admit, 
first time I watched, I'll never forget, first time I watched it was on the live stream uh, when it debuted. I was not. Pimples. And you had what? You and your goose pimple story. Oh, no, 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 no. That's when I saw it live. The live stream (laughs) was the first, um, first time I saw it. I wasn't a fan, but the first time I saw it in person, I was actually blown away. Um, the projections are awesome. The lasers are cool. Um, I know you're not a fan of a lot of the arrangement of the songs. Um, I, I think the, the slowdown of, um, some of the songs in the middle, I, I just think overall, it's a really, really good show. I wish they would do projections on the back side of the castle. Um, and I, if you want to talk about a social distancing, um, solution that would be one of them uh to get the people off of main street but i i don't know if they could actually do that and set it up um they do that with the tree of life though they do have um projectors around for that show but uh yeah so don is over one the correct answer is certainly thumbs up now jamie before we were recording tonight you told me that i could refer to my own rear end but i couldn't call you a rear end right yes that is true we'll go with option two on this one <laughs> all right number two turkey legs Ooh, thumbs down care to elaborate or is that it literally the way you said you got goose pimples i just got nasty goose pimples i just the look of them the smell of them i'm not a big turkey person in general like even thanksgiving turkey like i will make it i will eat a small portion that evening but i'm not like oh yay leftover turkey i'll do like a turkey breast sandwich occasionally but again i'm not like a really big turkey person and that just that skews me out that's not my that's not my thing thumbs down correct answer is thumbs down Uh, i know it's one of the disney cult favorite snacks I just think people should be in like a, a Fred Flintstone costume, like they're cavemen. <laughs> I mean, it's so barbaric watching anybody eat a turkey leg because it's so massive um, and so much just meat and it's greasy and just disgusting looking. Um, I, I don't even know how they taste because I haven't had one in so long, but just the look of them is you just can't look cute eating a turkey leg. <laughs> That might be my new shirt that I sell. There you go. So, okay, number three. Park hopping. Thumbs up. Okay. Care to elaborate? So, in general, I think it allows folks who are coming down for a vacation to experience more because they're not you know, in the same location all day, they can maybe have a dining reservation later in the day over at Epcot where there's great food at so many different locations. But earlier in the day, the afternoon, things like that experience other parks back in the day of extra magic hours, which are not going to be happening when the parks reopen. But it was always nice to be able to move between parks. When we used to come down to visit when we lived in Pennsylvania, we would be there park open to park close, we would hop around, you know, whatever the case may be. We love taking the monorail between Epcot and Magic Kingdom and vice versa. Now with a Skyliner going between Hollywood Studios and Epcot is an attraction in and of itself. I like the idea of being able to park hop. We did not talk about in our last segment with the park reservations, Jamie, that that is 
not going to be able to happen for a while. We can only have a reservation at one park on a given day. We didn't talk about that. Um, so surprise, there you go, everybody, <laughs> one park per day. Um, but I like the ability to do that. I will say with my kiddo in tow, I think in his three and a half years of going to the parks, he's probably only done that maybe a half a dozen times just because it's not as easy with littles in tow. But in general, love it. Correct answer is thumbs up. Um, when I first started going to Walt Disney World, we never got the park hopper. Um, we would always stay. And it always like, it was like a one thirty, two o'clock. It's like, you're at Epcot. It's like, uh, all right, I guess we'll go do Finding Nemo again. Right. You know, it's, it's, so I think it opens up your availability, obviously, for um, attractions, especially with fast another benefit of fast pass plus that i hope comes back the ability to make the fast pass plus reservation from a different park um i I think is a huge benefit especially for um, park hopping um you nailed the skyliner um traction in and of itself that i totally agree with and can't wait to have a whole segment talking about the skyliner i just love that one so much um but uh, we eventually, um, I, I want to say, I don't know if we had a park hopper until I s- started getting an annual pass, and I will never go without it. Um, I just think it's awesome. Um, I love how a lot of positives that you mentioned, Donna, always are tied to food. Um, so keep the, uh, the the social fatty going. But, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that's a great um, uh, answer uh, or a great reason for um you know getting a hopper um yes you can make dining reservations at different resorts and things like that but um the park hopping dining component um is absolutely huge as well um so let's go to number four i'm going to be super specific with this one summit plummet I guess that's an off-air conversation. Um, all right, I will. I will uh, see how I can say this very nicely. It was my senior class trip, and we were at Blizzard Beach, which of course is the home to Summit Plummet. Summit Plummet, for those who are not familiar, is a body slide. So there's no raft or tube or anything under you. It's just you. And if I tell you, it feels like a flipping vertical drop. I'm not lying. You go from sitting to crapping yourself in 0.2 seconds when you come over the crest of this little hill here. Thank God I had a little wrap on over my little bathing suit that I was wearing on my senior class trip when I was, you know, 18 years old, because that was the only thing covering my tushy because I had such a wedgie. Uh. (laughs) So that gets a thumbs down for me due to the wedgie that I'm still picking out of my rear end. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. Um, it, I mean, it's a thumbs up for sure. That is the correct answer. Um, but that thing beats you up too. Um, I was glad, uh, and this, I don't think it hasn't reopened because of the, uh, the closure, um, for COVID and it's, it's scheduled refurbishment, but they actually have replaced the, uh, not the track, the tubing is that would be the right word, um, on summit plummet. Cause that was every like 
six feet, it felt like you were getting punched. And then when you hit that <laughs> that bottom, it's like uh, that uh, water is like running into a brick wall sometimes. Um, but it's an awesome attraction. I don't like a lot of times how long the wait can be, um, you know, for such a short, uh, you know, time span attraction. But um, it's a great attraction. Um, it's it's basically the one that's it's almost like a free fall drop. Um, at uh, blizzard beach so definitely cool plus you can also um see in the the queue if you want to call it on the stairs um up at the top a lot of different things and you can actually see the back of expedition everest which spoiler alert is not a full and complete mountain and you can see it from uh, Summit Plummet. so i always thought that was pretty cool so what we've learned about jamie tonight is that he likes enemas yeah, evidently. No, it's a it's a good ride. So last but not least, number five. Thumbs up, thumbs down for Pizza Fari. Oh, my husband's like giving me a double thumbs down next to me. So I feel like I would be disowned on the spot. Oh no, I'm seeing double thumbs up. I thought you were giving the double thumbs down. All right, double thumbs up. No, I love Pizza Fari. Since it's Father's Day weekend, I will go with the thumbs up from my husband on Pizza Fari. I know your answer. Continue. <laughs> uh, that's incorrect. It is a major <laughs> thumbs down. This place is disgusting. <laughs> I, um, my son Aiden has uh, food allergies, which we should also do a show um, on that sometimes during our social fatty segment. I think Donna would be good. Um, he's allergic right now to milk and peanuts. And uh, Pizza Fari, I saw, had a milk-friendly pizza option. And, I, and by milk-friendly, you mean dairy allergy-friendly. Yes. You know, your vegan pizza or whatever you want to call it. Um, but, you know, you're milk-friendly. And they um, – and Aiden had never had pizza before. And, hey, pizza. Sure, Daddy. So we go in. I saw this thing. I wanted to cry for him. It was the most vile looking, disgusting piece of pizza I have ever seen. He maybe took half a bite and I looked at him like, I can't even encourage him because I'm not a, I don't like forcing food, if you will. But I mean, I'm not even encouraging him to eat it because it was just so vile. It looked like it was, had been sitting out for like an hour. Um, so with that was obviously unfortunate, but, um, I, I just, I don't understand why Disney can botch pizza in their quick service restaurants. <laughs> it's like pizza Rizzo, pizza Fari, you know, they're all so far down on the list and it's a shame because they can do good pizza on property. It's just a lot of their quick services just, uh, just can't. So correct answer, thumbs up or thumbs down. I personally like the flatbread pizza options. So like when we talk about like um, uh, Father Pinocchio's. <laughs> it's Pinocchio. Sorry, Father Pinocchio's. And by Father Pinocchio's, we really mean Pinocchio's uh, something who's right? Village Haas. Village Haas. Um, God, Hans from Germany or whatever we named him last week. Wouldn't be a yeah, you're, you're upsetting Klaus. Klaus, my bad. Klaus from Germany. Uh, so the backstory on that, folks, is we have a German listener who listens to our podcast every week. We don't know his name. So, sir or ma'am, if you're listening to us, please send us a message so we know who you are and we can thank you properly next time. 
Uh, but yeah, flatbread pizza, I do enjoy a little bit more than those those round pizzas. I don't think they're quite as good. But again, Father's Day weekend went with the husband who was vehemently giving me two thumbs up from two feet away. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, unfortunately, that was uh, incorrect as well. So next uh, time when we do thumbs up, thumbs down, Donna, we'll have uh, you share and I'll give my uh, my thumbs up or thumbs down. All right. Let's take a quick break and we will be, be we will be back with our overrated attractions at Magic Kingdom. Hello, Jamie again. In addition to planning all types of Disney vacations, Donna and I are also trained to book and plan universal, cruise lines, and all-inclusive resorts. Whether your vacation plans take you to the wizarding world of Harry Potter, Hogsmeade, and Diagon Alley, a cruise to Alaska, or the sunny beaches of an all-inclusive resort, our services and expertise are free. Contact us today to get your dream vacation started. All right, and we're back. We are going to roll over to our last potentially look at underrated slash overrated attractions. And we are on overrated at Disney's Magic Kingdom theme park. I feel like we always have to put like an asterisk, asterisk, asterisk disclaimer when we say things like overrated or underrated. By saying something is overrated today, I am not saying that it's not a good attraction. Jamie's not saying that what he's going to talk about is not a good attraction, even though he is because he's a stinker. He's going to make a huge deal that what he's about to say is not a good attraction. But he's just a crotchety old man, so we can all ignore him. Uh, but in general, um, overrated just means that for the length of time you're waiting, we don't think it's necessarily as good of a deal, if you will, as other attractions. So, Jamie, would you like to, to go on your rant first? Oh, absolutely. I figured. This is, I think, the most overrated attraction at Walt Disney World. Of course that, you that, do. That's how much I don't like this, and that's the Tomorrowland Speedway. There's nothing redeeming about this. <laughs> even if, even if, they, if they did switch to elect, electric vehicles, I think it would improve it a hundred times over totally in agreement with that um i hate the smell it causes um i think it's the sole uh responsibility of creating the hole in the ozone layer <laughs> um the the fumes make me nauseous and then of course i get to see the teacups right after it there's a one-two punch for you um it, the queue is horrible. It, it's like a queue that was built with the original Disneyland. Just switchbacks. There's nothing to look at except, you know, stand-in car exhaust. Um, in case anybody doesn't know, I don't like this attraction. Um, <laughs> it, it takes up such a large footprint in um, Tomorrowland and has nothing to do with the future. You know, it's such a disconnect, I think, as well, um, you know, and even geographically and thematically, it's a disconnect. You know, you have, it's next to Space Mountain, and then there's nothing futuristic or tomorrow about this um, attraction. And I understand the argument of, it, it, you know, a cultural dad teaching son, and then son comes with his son 20 years later and all that's awesome. I won't get on this. I, it gives me a migraine just walking by. So overrated. And that can easily cue 
what do you think donna 45 minutes without blinking oh yeah and uh listen here ebenezer has aiden ever been on this he has with whom uh val took him and what did he think don't lie i see the wheels turning (laughs) he he liked it but it doesn't mean it's a good attraction Wow. Father's Day 2020 right here. Jamie McCarthy, you can message him at the Circa 71 podcast. <laughs> yeah, all the all the Tomorrowland Speedway lovers. I mean, I don't love the smell either. We know that we talked about it, you know, not my favorite, favorite thing to walk by for sure. But my son just loves it. He lights up. Andrew's been letting him sit in the driver's seat. And he just has like the best blessed time ever when the car is bouncing back and forth off the center rail. Andrew will tease him and tell him to keep his hands on the wheel. And I have so many great videos watching them go by. And it's just such fun for me as his mom to watch. And I've not yet died from watching them or smelling the fumes, James, just so you know. Well, we'll see what happens. (laughs) All right. So my most overrated attraction in magic kingdom i'm not gonna say it's not cute because it is my son enjoys it heck i even enjoy it because it is cute but looking at the queue and how long this is and how hard it used to be to get a fast pass i'm gonna go peter pan's flight that attraction easy 80 90 minutes plus at all hours of the day you would walk by at 9 10 o'clock at night and think like who in the world is in this line? Why are the kids not in bed? It's so late. Why is this, why is this stinking line so long uh, for what it amounts to be about like a 90 second experience? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, it, it's the actual attraction itself, um, you know, with the pirate ship and almost like a reverse Omni mover. Um, I, I think it's pretty cool. I think the scenes themselves um, are pretty cool. It, it just, it, it's almost the definition of overrated, just because of the amount of time that you have to devote to this 90 second attraction. And even a lot of times the fast pass line, mm-hmm. I've seen fast pass lines back up to Mickey's Philhar magic for this thing. Um, you know, I, I understand it's, it's an opening day and everything like that, but it, it just doesn't deserve the weight. It's just not a high, high time value. If you want to say um and my my mom loves it she they always go on i was telling donna uh, before we started recording that uh her and my dad would always go on um you know because they didn't if they didn't want to do like a space or you know any of the more thrilling rides and she, you know, she's looking around and it's the two of them and they're surrounded by the eight-year-olds but <laughs> um no i i agree donna i can't uh can't fault that pick for sure so we may revisit this next week um, to, to kind of take another look at other attractions here. This actually was really a hard one for me to, to boil down. So I'm not sure that I'll have a ton else to say, but if we do, we will certainly uh, bring that up to you. Yeah, I agree. I think we should revisit it next week just to see what else, you know, what would be your number two if you really had to think about it. I think it's a good idea to, because um, I think I could probably come up with another one. So you can make more people mad. <laughs> alienate our listeners but not klaus he loves me he klaus agrees with me we'll go with that sure <laughs> all right sounds good let's um take a quick break thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the circus 71 podcast 
We had fun recording as we always do and hope that you enjoyed it as well. If you have any ideas for topics you'd like to hear us discuss in the future, please feel free to send us a message on our Facebook page, Circa 71 Podcast. Remember, in addition to Anchor, we are also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Next week, we will discuss our experience with the Disney Park Pass system. Let's all cross our fingers on that one. Social Fatties will take a trip to the Grand Floridian, and we finish up our overrated, underrated discussion with Overrated Magic Kingdom Part 2. I want to say Happy Father's Day one more time to Jamie, my husband Andrew, and our dads, and all of the great dads and dads to be out there listening. Have a great week. We'll see you real soon.